Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. You on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. Welcome to Market View Wrap. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined as usual on Fridays by JP Ong and SGX Strategic Market Analyst Jeff Howie. We are also broadcasting live right here at Suntech City East Wing. Gentlemen, this is kind of different. It is. It is. I, I can hear my echo actually in my ear. So you can hear your echo. Yes. Yes, that's true. We can hear our echoes, but that makes it a little bit more interesting. It's like we're broadcasting from a stadium. It has been an amazing week, hasn't it? Whether it is Brexit updates, whether it is the market movements, we started Monday and Tuesday with very, very thin value turnover on Monday and Tuesday at about this time. And then from the midweek onwards, it seemed like everybody came back to the trading floor. It, it really, it was kind of like a, it was a very sharp contrast, a tale of two halves of some sort. Mm-hmm. You saw Monday and Tuesday, it was, you, it was very difficult. You had to twist people's arms or traders' arms to get out of the floors, uh, trading floors and try to get some action in. And then you suddenly saw activity, appetite pick up on Wednesday to Friday and coinciding with this bounce back. For the S for the Straits Times Index, and uh, not only did we have we seen three straight days of gains, or might be in track for three straight days of gains, you're also seeing the STI finally breaching 3,100 after it fell below that last week. And mm-hmm. I think it was, you've just seen this major turnaround in sentiment, not just for us also, but across the rest of the region. And I think for the most part, uh, you know, you know, the Straits Times Index or or Singaporean markets, which tend to be one of the more skeptical markets in the major, in, among major markets in Asia Pacific. Yep. You tend to see them, you're seeing them actually hold on to things and stay optimistic for the most part. And currently at 3,155, this could be a very good start for, uh, to the month of September. But if you asked us that in mon- on Monday or Tuesday, it hopes were not like that, that high, yeah. was it, Jeff? No, that's right. I mean, obviously, you have uh, regional factors at play, <clears throat> but also globally, you have... Uh, the uh, trade tension subsiding somewhat throughout the week, and I think I think the guy that has called it well is the uh, the Donald Trump's uh, pick for the ambassador in China, Terry mm-hmm. Branstad, mm-hmm. who said uh, you know he said it last month. This is just going to take patience and persistence, and he knows he, he's Don, he's President Trump's man in China. He also knows presidency going back in the mid 80s from presidency's uh, trip into Iowa when he was uh, on that Hubei <laughs> delegation. Yeah, and you know, it, I think he's also starting to speak uh, China's language because when you look at it, it's uh, the communication styles of both sides have been rather different. It seems that the U.S. always wants to get a deal done right away. We have these deadlines. China's always said it's going to take patience. It's a long road ahead. And finally, you have an ambassador, A, who's speaking that language. On the other side of the Pacific in Beijing, we're actually getting... Uh, there are some uh, voices in China that believe that this time around, it's going to be different. Now, I know we've been through, what, three cycles this year of trade talks, breakdowns, trade talks, breakdowns, and trade talks now. They're saying that this time around it might actually be different. Hu Jin, who is the editor-in-chief of the Global Times in, in China, said actually that he believes that this time around we might see actually a significant breakthrough between both sides. There's a blog that's also followed by Chinese traders in, on the mainland called Taoran Notes who have also said that they believe that there will be new developments in the upcoming trade talks. Now, they didn't say resolution. But they did say developments. At this point, if we can make some major breakthroughs or hit certain milestones that show that the relations are getting better, this is something that markets will rally on. And perhaps this is just also adding to the optimism we're seeing even here in Singapore. Yeah, Jeff. well, the, uh, the 2% of gains over the past five sessions, it has seen the STI move its year-to-date gain to 6.2%, which annualized is exactly in line with its average annualized returns going into 
into 2019, that was 9.2%. But where there has been a certain amount of our performance is in the mid-cap stocks. That's uh, that's general. That index itself, the mid-cap index, has rallied 11% in a year to date. And interestingly, this week, uh, three, two of the three best performers of that index were rewarded with uh, some highly coveted positions in some key indices that we have. One in the STI and one in the uh, in the FTSE EPRA NARI. Global Real Estate Index, and once again, it's REITs that are moving. Just showing, just to show that again, this is the sector that's probably going to be the most valuable player in Singapore by the time the year ends. Right. And big, and a big shakeup also with Maple Tree Commercial. We can start with that actually taking the place of Hutchison HPH Trust mm-hmm. on the main index by September twenty. Am I am I right in that on that date, Jeff? Yeah. So basically, when trading begins on the twenty third of September, the Monday morning, uh, Maple Tree Commercial Trust will be in the STI. It will have, uh, based on you know, pretty much current free floats and weightings and so forth, it will have a 1.5% weight in the STI. Mm. So it will come in and have a little bit more of a presence than Hutchport had, because before Hutchport came out of the STI, it had a 0.5% weighting. So this will take the combined weightings of these four REITs, effective 23rd of September, that are in the STI. Don't forget Capital Land More Trust, Capital Land Commercial Trust, and Ascendus REIT, mm-hmm. um, and then Maple Tree Commercial Trust will bring the combined weighting of the full real estate investment trust to 8%. And the, the, another real estate investment trust replaces Maple Tree Commercial Trust going out of our reserve list of five stocks is still made up completely of REITs. So Maple Tree Commercial Trust was the best performer in the mid-cap index. It gained 43% uh, in the year to date, and it's, everyone would know it, obviously. I mean, we're here at SunTech REIT today, Indeed. Dare I say Vivo City? <laughs> <laughs> Very timely as well. So when you look at their, uh, at their price performance also over the last couple of months, you know, it's odd because when I look at Maple Tree Commercial, you think that this news would, uh, would spark some buying interest, but they're actually pulling back a little bit. Or do you think, Jeff, that perhaps people had been smelling this possible reshuffle in the air and possibly were looking at Maple Tree Commercial as being one of those potential candidates that could have yeah. a spot at the table at the STI before the news actually broke? Well, I guess the rules for inserting and deleting securities at the quarterly review are published, are well known. Uh, we know the day that the whole ranking process took place, and that was back on the 26th of August. So you could rank all their FTSE ST all share stocks by market capitalization. You had an idea that uh, if one of those constituencies one was below you know, a certain, the 41st security by market cap, you knew it was coming out and then uh, you could look at the next big stock going in. And, of course, Maple Tree Commercial Trust has been on the top of the SDR reserve list for a long time as well. Yeah, and th- they're not the only REIT that actually saw a bit of a, a shake-up or get some attention also. I believe we also saw Fraser's commercial also get a spot and a global index at that as well. Yeah, Fraser, Fraser Centerpoint uh, Trust. It's the third best performer after Keppel DC REIT in the mid-cap index in the year today. They... Uh, they had some news last quarter. They completed the acquisition of a just a little, little bit over 20% stake in PGIM ARF, yeah, the, the fund which owns and operates five suburban malls in Singapore. And then they also acquired one third of a stake in Waterway Point. That's another high quality suburban mall in Pungal. So talking about all the, all the malls here in Suntec. That has joined the FTSE Epronari Global Real Estate Index series and that will well that will join effective September 23rd as well. And that, that index, that's a pretty big index, that global real estate index series. So EPRA stands for European Public Real Estate 
Association, and then on the on the other side, you've got the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trusts in that index. So uh, that's 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 a good uh, a good result for three. As I said, two of the three best performer stocks in the mid cap index are basically finding their ways into into these indices. Just this week, it was announced. And not to mention, it does put them on the radar of uh, investors, both local and global, also because you can see a lot of these passive indexes also and passive investors starting to possibly reallocate to reflect their, their new weighting or their place at the table, right? The index benchmarking is very important for the world. IMF have done many studies on this and looked into just how much capital flows actually do come into a country based on the size of its index benchmark versus the balance of payments and so forth. And it is really, uh, it can't be understated how important index benchmarking and finding a place in a, in a benchmark is. Yeah, and you know, when you look at the how the week is actually also uh, unfolded, you know, you could tell that Wednesday to Friday was really a theme of relief, and no one really characterized this characterized this more than Yang Zichang shipbuilding. Now we saw it actually bounce back over the last couple of days. Yang Zichang shipbuilding again, the second most heavily traded stock today in terms of value turnover. They're up by about half a percent as we come out of the lunch break. Also, it just goes to show that, it, that you know nothing really beats good old-fashioned sales to alleviate investor concerns about, well, is Yang Zijiang going to stay afloat? And they did lock those, uh, those deals recently to build out some of these, uh, these ships and perhaps also a sign that maybe there is a bit of a turnaround in the shipbuilding industry. We don't really know, but, uh, but, uh, but you can't dis- that, that this, this might mean something, right? Well, yeah, and it is typically a highly traded stock in terms of daily trading ranges, which can be around 2%. And as I said, uh, being in a benchmark, it can attract a lot of capital inflows. It can attract a lot of capital outflows. And it's, a, it's just outside the top 40 stocks by market cap. Uh, when you take all the stocks into consideration, not just the index or share stocks, mm-hmm. we take all the index stocks into consideration. But as you say, it's been second most active today, third most active for the week. And uh, we've also had a number of good information data points on global manufacturing as well. Uh, we had some good news, a little bit of good news in China. You know, in Singapore, we had our PMI number. It was, it's still four months of contraction which follows 32 months of expansion. We're still one tick below the contraction line, but uh, SIPMM's uh, Sophia Poe, she did make the key highlight that despite all the um, ongoing global trade uncertainties, there was still evidence that foreign manufacturers are exploring opportunities to collaborate with our local manufacturers to overcome these difficulties that the high tariffs are possibly imposing. And not to mention also when you look at the PMI figures that came out on Wednesday, on the surface it might be discouraging because it was, it was the fourth consecutive month of contraction, but they did point out that it didn't, it started to contract less than the month and month than what it did in the month before. So perhaps you can always look at it two ways, either one, A, you can, one, you can look at it as a sign that, oh no, manufacturing continues to shrink, or B, you can look at it and say, but you know what, the headwinds and the pressures are starting to subside and maybe we can come up, come up for air pretty soon. And look, new orders and factory output was right. important. And, and as, as we'll see for the payrolls number, uh, manufacturing is becoming more and more an important sub-segment of these economies, especially in the United States where the manufacturing hours work has not so much been a bright spot over the last 12 months in the US payrolls. So attention will be on that because we all know the US economy is doing well in consumerism, but in terms of trade-related manufacturing, uh, it's got the same outlook that we have here in Singapore, indeed across the region, and that's basically, I guess, offering us some silver lining in that if there is any uh, expansionary approach or dovish 
approach from the US that will benefit our manufacturers here as well. But here's something that Clarissa and I actually talked about on Wednesday, because Wednesday there was uh, two big developments that happened that eased political concerns outside of the US and China. For one, you had some of these uh, developments in the British Parliament with regards to with regards to the odds of a no deal, or f- lawmakers fighting feverishly to try and make sure that a no deal Brexit doesn't happen. You have uh, the withdrawal of the uh, the extradition bill actually in Hong Kong by a chief executive, Carrie Lam. I think the question was, which one really matters more for Singapore? I think that yeah. was something we were actually asking each other. Yeah, I think uh, overall, I mean, we, we're so well diversified here that the Hong Kong uh, market has had a pretty big impact. You look at the, um, the price of Hong Kong land, for instance, that was up 5% over five sessions and has been a top 10 traded stock by turnover. Uh, mm-hmm. over, the past, uh, over the past four, six weeks or so, but typically it's not. It's usually a top 20 stock by turnover. There's also uh, a number of uh, real, other real estate stocks that do have the exposures to both China and Hong Kong that have seen some significant swings. And uh, obviously the manufacturing segment is another part of our highly diversified market. That's been more volatile, seeing more swings even than the real estate segment. Then, of course, we also have our banks, our F&B industries, and, of course, our shopping malls that are uh, providing some type of off- offset to that. And the banks really have rebounded in the re- in recent sessions also, Jeff. You're seeing DBS once again. No surprise, the most heavily traded stock today. They're in the running with OCBC to close as the best bank today so far, both up by about 0.7%, Same with UOB. It seems that they're all mi- mim- mimicking each other. And you'll be hard-pressed to find any losers today on the, S- on the STI. Well, Jarlene Matheson and Hong Kong Holdings and Hong Kong Land seem to be trading down so far, so far today. But I think it's also perhaps uh, investors trying to uh, ascertain or trying to gauge how, what the exposure really is for these two stocks out in Hong Kong, because they do still have significant exposure out there. And even though the extradition bill has been withdrawn, it seems that the, the big question is, will this be enough to actually calm nerves or social nerves out there also? And uh, I, think, I think when you look at these two stocks, I, yeah, I, might, I might dare say that this might be your thermometer here in Singapore for what's going on in Hong Kong, perhaps. Yeah, and it's, it's all related. Uh, the, the, the swings of volatility, if you will, in the equity markets, it hasn't been isolated. We've seen quite a few swings in the U.S. dollar currency, in the U.S. interest rates, and that has obviously, the, the U.S. dollar made a pretty big intra-year high recently. Up, almost up back up at the 100 level. It's come back a little bit. U.S. interest rates have uh, come off their lows, and they're up, up about you know up to around 1.5 at the moment. Up, up back above 1.5. Okay, looking into next week. This week, what was going on in British Parliament had, didn't seem to have any effect on the markets. Do you think more developments coming from there will in the coming weeks? Yeah, I mean, when we're looking at the, I guess the, you're looking at the cable, we're looking at the the gold, we're looking at the, the Japanese yen, the and Japanese so forth, yen, and, and the Swiss franc the figures markets. there every t- as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think any big, kind of big changes are, are, are focused. I think, I think the market probably is expecting an election with mm-hmm. uh, with a plan or mm-hmm. with an alternative, um, but I'm not so sure it has a massive effect here because obviously. You, your, your Europe and your UK trade deals, who knows what the US and the UK trade deals will bring up and so forth. We've got our, uh, you know, we, we need a, a little bit more clarity here for our manufacturers with the, uh, with the trade and, tensions and, and, and right. so forth. And this was something that was echoed also by Calvin Tay earlier, um, earlier this week, the CIO for, uh, for UBS Wealth Management here. He said that the blowback will be quite minimal. Also, I also remember another wealth manager who I spoke to earlier this year about, will the pound have an effect? And the, his answer to me was, just go back to bed. It's not, okay. probably not. 
Well, we can't go back to bed quite yet. We are broadcasting live from Suntech City East Wing. That's been Jeff Howie, strategic analyst from the SGX and JP Ong, finance presenter from Primetime. This is Market View Wrap on Workday Afternoon on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. Listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.